What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking hardcore. Also, Daniel, you got a new record coming out. What's up with that? Well, a new old one. <laughs> so it's the 20th anniversary of No Runners, which is Over My Dead Body's first seven inch on Indecision Records. And um, between talking to Dave and and uh, Dave's ideas and my ideas, we kind of came up with something pretty cool, which was, and you know, Zach's going to love this because it's on a 12 inch now. So you don't have to get up and flip a seven inch in the middle. So on side A is all of No Runners, including God Save the Queen, which was only on the uh, CD version. And then on the B side, we have all three of our songs from our three split seven inches. So the songs that we had on the split seven inch on Slogan Records with Swindle, the songs that we had on the Bridge Nine seven inch with Death Threat, and then the songs that we had on the Fight Records seven inch with the Portuguese band Timex. And that record... I think is a little bit harder to find. So some people might not have those songs and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited uh, to have this, you know, potentially be in people's hands. Also, it's a really limited vinyl pressing. So there's only 200 pressed. So if you want one indecisionrecords.com and there's also a pre-order for a really cool long sleeve. So you can merch your brains out as well. Yeah, I think the orders went up last Friday, and uh, today's Monday. So hopefully there's some some left. But uh, go to indecisionrecords.com, handle business. Daniel, you read my mind. All I needed to know, no runners on one side of a 12-inch. This is what I want. I want all my favorite 7 inches to get repressed on 12-inch. I'm going to be like Tipper Gore or some shit from the 80s and just go burn all my 7 inches in a parking lot like it's a uh, controversial book. Yeah. Right. Like, like John Lennon said they they were bigger than Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> people once are steamrolling Beatles records. <laughs> I know. Once all my favorite stuff gets repressed on 12 inch, like, dude, that antidote seven inch getting repressed on 12 inch, it's like take my money, dude. Over my dead body, no runners getting repressed on 12 inch. Take my money. What's up? So handle business, indecisionrecords.com. But to support this podcast, please like it, rate it, review it wherever you listen to it. Also, if you could take the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, if that is where you listen, that is much appreciated. If you want to go the extra mile, you can go to patreon.com slash 185 miles south. And also on the website, 185 miles south.com, there is a playlist for every episode. So check that out. And if you've made it the way through this, we are doing another contest this week. So shoot me an email. 185 miles south at gmail.com. When you hear the title of this episode, we'll put you in a drawing. Winner is going to get some cool stuff from me, including hopefully that over my dead body record if I get it in time. And uh, if you win, you can decide. If you want to wait on your package, you'll get that one for sure. If you want some shit real quick, I'll stuff you a tight ass package anyway. So what's up with that? And let's get on with the pod. You know, you got away. You got to wait for that banger, dude. It's no runners on one side of a 12 inch. Jesus Christ.
185 miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. Vocal test karaoke. Andrew Klein of Berthold City and Strife. First, the challenger, fighting out of the hard corner, from Oxnard, California. You think he gives a shit about what you do? Fuck you! He's here with a vendetta to retaliate. It's Andrew Lord Verity! And his opponent, fighting out of the core corner, from parts unknown, weight unknown, Reason he didn't pick Minor Threat in the Straight Edge Super 7, unknown. It is the reigning, defending, undisputed 185 miles south trivia champion of the world, Daniel, these questions are too easy, Sant! All right, and we are going to shoot the first question off to Andrew Verdi. Now, Andrew... In the punk documentary, Another State of Mind, what was the gentleman's name who was injured but can now achieve an erection? (laughs) (laughs) That would be uh, Mr. French Canada, Marcel. A point to Verity. Uh, That's a good start. All right, let's see if you can match this right here. Uh, If that had come over to me, my response would have been probably very hard to describe the person without knowing his name and i would have described it and probably got myself canceled well put some respect on marcel's name shout out bro wherever you are (laughs) (laughs) but but he's living so respect marcel all right daniel try to even it out here Okay. okay the first bad brains full length features art that shows a lightning bolt striking the capitol building in washington dc An average bolt of negative lightning carries an electric current of 30,000 amperes, that's 30 kA, and transfers 15 coulombs of electric charge. And how many gigajoules of energy? 45,000. Verity, you want to try to steal this one or uh, should I just answer it? (laughs) Yeah, I think you're just going to have to take that one. 
Uh, the answer is one. Okay. Right. Just uh, one gigajoule. Yeah, dude. Just one gigajoule. And we go back to Dan for his real question. Dan, this band put out a seven inch on Nemesis Records in 1989 and had members who also played in Ignite, Outspoken, and Chain of Strength. Can you list the bands that they were in as well? Of course. They were in Ignite, Outspoken, and Chain of Strength. Uh, God, I'm, I'm flubbing. I'm just going to say a chorus of disapproval. We go to Verity for the possible steal. And I would never do you like this and give you this question, Verity, but you can try to steal. This band put out a 7-inch on Nemesis Records in 1989 and had members who also played in Ignite, Outspoken, and Chain of Strength. Nah, I, I have no idea. It is Against the Wall. Oh. Yeah, great 7-inch for people that haven't listened to it. You got to get that. It's so good. Um, okay, we go to Verity for round two. Now, Andrew. In Microsoft Word, you can make your text uh, the name of this band by pressing Control B. They were also known for the songs "Wise Up" and "Nailed to the X." <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Bold. Uh, point to Verity. How about Hi. that? Love it, love it. Okay, we go to Daniel for question number two. Daniel, true or false? The record label Foundation Records. Never put out a band other than Chain of Strength. Oh, God. Now, if that's the truth, then... See, either it's true and obvious, or it's false and there's some really random thing. But I'm going to say true. We go to Verity for the possible steal. Verity, true or false? The record label Foundation Records never put out a band other than Chain of Strength. You know, I guess I'm going to have to go with uh, with false on this one. A point to Verity, a crucial steal. They also put out the seven inch by end to end. Oh, two records. Oh yeah. my god, I have it. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> your record collection is vast, as is your knowledge, Daniel. But uh, hey, we all whiff, man. We all whiff. Okay. Oh. Let's go to Verity for round number three. Verity, which came first? The Terror LP, one with the underdogs, or the Vanilla Frosty at Wendy's? Oh, man. Okay. Hmm. It's kind of a, kind of a tough one here. I feel like this is a trick question in a sense. <laughs> There's there's only two answers. I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the frosty. We go to Daniel for the possible steal. I knew it. Daniel, which came first, the Terra LP one with the underdogs or the Vanilla Frosty at Wendy's? Well, Terra one with the underdogs came first, but Scott Vogel was also instrumental in the Vanilla Frosty coming out as well. Oh, a fun fact! How about that? Yeah, Terra 2004. And the Vanilla Frosty is introduced in 2006. Okay, Daniel, your third question. This band featured frontman Lord Ezok and put out albums in the 90s titled Mentally Vexed and Train Yard Blues. That would be Crown of Thorns. A point to the champ. 
Right on. And we go back to Verity for round four. Verity, in the Chromag song Malfunction, what are some of the things that the lyricist is doing that ain't getting through to you? A, walking and talking. B, <laughs> trying and lying. C, A and B. Or D, none of the above. I'm going to go with C, walking. Back to Verity. Love it, love it. All right, dude. Okay, Dan, we go to you for your question four. Why is he lying to t- try and get through to him? Hey, man, it's a goat record, and I don't have any questions. I'm just glad <laughs> they did it how they did it, you know? Yeah. Right. Go to Dan for his question four. This band released albums on Mystic, Flipside, and Triple X Records and shares and shares names with a Snoop Doggy Dog album. Doggy style. A point to the champ. How about that? And we go to Verity for round five. Uh, Verity, this band released the best album of 2020, titled Four. Uh, that would be the Almighty Retaliate. A point to Verity. <laughs> Is that in your wheelhouse there? <laughs> right there. I, I knew that one. All right. And we go to Dan for your question five. Dan, in the Bad Religion song Best for You, off the album Suffer, in the song's final sequence, singer Greg Graffin sometimes says, best for you, and sometimes says, best for you. Of the first 10 times, how many yous are there and how many yos? <laughs> I'm going to say there are four yous and six yos. We go to Verity for the possible steal. Verity. <laughs> Verity, in the Bad Religion song Best For You off the album Suffer, in the song's final sequence, singer Greg Graffin sometimes says, best for you, and sometimes says, best for you. Of the first 10 times, how many yous are there and how many yos? Uh, let's go with uh, five, five of each. A steal for Verity. How about oh, that? <laughs> okay. And we go to Verity for round number six. Okay. I, I don't think I can come back. We got, we just got to finish this out. You are the Messiah. You're the juggernaut here. You got this. That's right. Look, I'm keeping the score and in, you still have a chance of winning Dan. So you can come back. Okay. All right. Well, here goes Verity for round number six. Verity Budapest, Hungary, 1991. Zoli Teglis meets a boy. What is this boy's name? <laughs> That's the, the one and only Janos. <laughs> Respect. A, a point to Verity. Shout out to Janos. Shout, shout out Janos. Shout out Janos. Shout out to uh, Johnny Condom from the Rotters. And uh, <laughs> Squirrel okay. from Billingsgate. <laughs> Gotta shout out to Squirrel. You know what's up. And Dan, let's go to you for your question number six. Okay. What's, what is the first official Warzone record? where the Z in Warzone is not capitalized. Oh, fucking hell. Um, I'm just trying to think of them all in my mind. Uh, and this is including seven inches too, probably, and 10 inches. Uh Oh, 
I can't take this pressure. Oh no. Uh, I'm going to go with bullets. We go to Verity for the possible steal. Verity, what's the first official Warzone record where the Z in Warzone is not capitalized? Uh, hmm. I'm just going to have to take a stab at it here. Let's go with... Uh, don't forget the struggle. Or Lower East Side Crew. I don't know. Okay, let's go. Uh, don't forget the struggle. There is no steal. Uh, guys, it's always capitalized. Come on. <laughs> Put some respect on Warzone's name. That Z is always big. You know? Well, you know, what's weird, though, is like on some of the records, it's not. It is. I suppose it's always capitalized, but it's not bigger than the other letters on some of the records. Correct. Sometimes it's always like the whole name Warzone is in caps. Yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking of. Right, and sometimes only the W and the Z are capitalized. Yeah, but, but that Z is always big, man. So what's up? All right, so it was a trick question, and it was it, a it was question. it was tricky. You know, I got to look out for my boy over here. All <laughs> right, Verity, uh, round seven. You know, Ben had to bring the heat. Oh, um, okay. Spell punk. <laughs> <laughs> P-U-N-K. Point of Verity. <laughs> All right. Potential upset is going down. This, this is this is the epitome of being railroaded. I feel like Mr. Fuji is throwing salt in my eyes right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I might be getting thrown a couple of softballs, you know, some slow pitch, but that's, that's all right. You know, Verity does smash it on the, uh, the softball field, man. So how about that? That was a good metaphor. Okay, Daniel, your final question. The first song on the 25 to Life album, Strength Through Unity, is titled A, Loose With The Truth, <laughs> B-A, B, Loose With The Truth, T-H-A, C, Loose With The Truth, T-H-E, or D, None of the Above. Can you repeat the question, please? I, I don't know my tuz to my does to my thuz. <laughs> you got it. The first song on the 25 to Life album, Strength Through Unity, is titled A, Loose With The Truth. So that's the D. B, Loose With The Truth, T-H-A. C, Loose With The Truth, T-H-E. Or D, none of the above. Well, we're talking 25 to Life here. I can only assume it's duh. I mean, I got to just just channel Rick to life, the almighty NYHC King RTL into my body and say, loose with duh truth. We go to Verity for the potential steal. Oh, come on. Verity, the first song on the 25 to Life album, Strength Through Unity, is titled A, loose with duh truth, D-A, B, loose with the truth, T-H-A, C, Loose with the truth, T-H-E, or D, none of the above. Oh, man. You know, I'm just going to pretend like they probably went uh, legit T-H-E. Ain't dead. Rick to life. <laughs> There's no steal. Uh, the first song on the 25 to Life album, Strength Through Unity, is the song Strength Through Unity. So it was D, none of the above. What? <laughs> 
Ben, let's go to you for the totals. This is <laughs> if I wasn't if my computer wasn't on like the the weird record rack thing that's in my living room, I'd be flipping it, but it's too heavy. <laughs> Well, Andrew, our, our uh, challenger, Andrew Verity, uh, came in with eight correct answers. And our reigning champion, the best-dressed man on the pod, Daniel Sant, came came correct with three correct answers. So, Andrew Verity wins. Andrew uh, Verity holding it down for Retaliate. Much respect. Uh, you've taken out the champ. And, uh, Daniel, noble effort, you know. <laughs> Way to go, dude. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking more hardcore, and we're jumping right into it. We're going to start this off by talking about what band's second LP was better than the first. And that's pretty insane to think about because it's pretty rare in hardcore, you know? But we got a powerhouse lineup, and we got some lists. So helping out, you know him, you love him. He is the best-dressed man on the pod. He is Dan Sant. What's up, Dan? Hello. Also, it is Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Ben? Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. I try to not acknowledge those anymore, but I had to on that one. I don't know why. <laughs> also helping out, it is Anthony Papalardo. What's up, Anthony? What's up, everyone from the East Coast? How you doing? Yeah, man. It's late for you, but uh, early for us. So what's up? Okay. Let's jump right in. Dan, what bands second LP was better than their first. Well, the way I, I thought about this, you know, I, of course I wrote a longer list and then I chose five that I wanted to really kind of acknowledge number one, best one of them all life, love, regret, unbroken. Yes. 10 trillion times better than ritual. And I enjoy ritual, but this is quite possibly <laughs> I mean, for me, it might be the best hardcore LP of all time. Um, you know, that is a massive statement, but I think this is a record that backs it up in every facet, lyrically, vibe, artwork, sound. Even the recording being not great adds to the vibe and the emotion of the record. And then what i just touched on pure emotion um and there's nothing like it there's been a million things that have tried to be but there is there's not one record that's like this and what do you think got the closest to that um i would say background music even though it is a different sound it has the same same vibe yeah the same heaviness of heart yeah, uh, I think that's fair. And desperation, you know? Fair. Um, it goes number, to the Ian Curtis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that is definitely flowing through both records. Um, number two, Youth of Today, We're Not In This Alone. Um, it's It's also a perfect hardcore record, and it is, to me, better than Break Down The Walls. Um, you know me, I, I, I enjoy... Uh, a little bit when the harder songs have just that touch of melody that is just sneaking in under the surface. And um, we're not in this alone is full of that, but it's still one of the most aggressive 
angry, beautifully produced hardcore LPs ever. And the look of it is incredible as well. Yeah. Can, both these are on my list. Uh, can I chime in on that one real quick? Sure. Yeah, please. I think there's something to be said of a documentation of a band firing off on all cylinders. And we can like, we can look at different lineups of like, well, they had Craig ahead and you know, like these different lineups of bands that are like glory lineups and all that. But I, to me, we're not in this alone is, is that band in their prime presentation wise, fire wise, just catching on touring wise. And, and so to have the document to match it, even if there's, imperfections or whatever like i think that's why it makes it amazing yeah yeah i mean everything about it you know even the no more video like just the (laughs) everything that is that crew at that time not just the four members but the you know the inner circle of their entire like world of that is just i don't know it's something to aspire (laughs) to be like it, it's just, it's a perfect moment in time, and the LP doesn't have a bad song, um, and it has nothing but great songs. So that yeah, would be. We do have to say the fire lineup is Darren Pesky. Yeah, a shout out, <laughs> uh, DP. Yeah, well, real quick, uh, Pops and Ben, did both of you guys have this? These two on your list? They were yes. both mine. Yes. That was on my honorable mention list because I knew someone would take it. Rad. Okay, Dan, let's go on to number three. Um, number three is Refused Songs to Fan the Flames. Um, I don't really care for the Shape of Punk to come as much uh, after you know it being around for a while. It waned and waned. Maybe when it first came out, I thought, oh, this is interesting. This is creative. This is different. But songs to fan the flames, like this is, um, I think, 95. They tour with Snapcase. And this having this LP and listening to it all the time, it's way better than their just fake, like, boring, sick-of-it-all-esque debut, which they weren't doing anything like sick-of-it-all. They were just trying to kind of sound that way. Songs to Fan the Flames, they are originally doing their own music. Reggie, come on. Um, And they are um, possibly one of the best live hardcore bands for this time period when they toured with Snapcase. I um, was pretty blown away. So, uh, you know, sophomore LPs, as as we are discussing, not many of them beat. (laughs) <laughs> the debut so you know this is on there and yeah, then and just to clarify you're saying that songs to fan the flames of discontent it came out in 1996 victory records is better than their first lp which was this just might be the truth which came out on start records in 1994 or start rec correct yep. correct yes yeah. made my list too yeah and because um from that early era they have that you know, it's time to pump the brakes, pump the brakes. <laughs> um, whereas this is just ripping politically charged, well thought out from start to finish LP. Um, the 
the samples that lead into a couple of the songs just take the song to the next level. And the drumming on this LP is just out of this world. Um, all right. So now I'm going number three in my eyes, nothing to hide. Yeah. Number four, bro. Damn familiar. What is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Number four. I'm sorry. Number four in my eyes, nothing to hide. I love everything by in my eyes, but I really love this LP. Um, it's a little bit awkward <laughs> with Anthony on, on the pod saying this, not really because you should be able to tell your friends that they did great stuff. Um, I think the recording on this is awesome, but the urgency and the playing and uh, sweet Pete sounds so much better on this. Um, absolute smashes the first LP in my opinion. And I love the first LP. Um, so that's number four. And then number five, I'm going to give you two LPs that I like as much as the debut. Man. I'm going to I know, you know me, I'm a line stepper. Um, So I'm going, The Clash, give them enough rope. I love that just as much as the debut. Um, It's incredible. So much Mick Jones backups. I am a sucker for Mick Jones. Stay Free, one of my favorite Clash songs. It just hits me in the heart and, you know, oh, God. It just is about friendship and it makes me think of all my friends that I care about. And uh, I absolutely love the LP. It's it's uh, universally not regarded as as upper tier clash, but I, I fucking love it. And then the second one is Sick of It All, Just Look Around. What a moody, dark, well thought out LP that is a complete different turn while still sounding exactly like the same band. Um, I, I absolutely love this record and I feel um, obviously blood sweat is just incredible, but this is, this is, you know, when the, it's usually a dirty word when you say bands mature, but they really matured into this sound and into this lyrical content. Um, they've always been a very good politically charged lyrical band that they don't get the credit for because they talk like they own a pizzeria. But, but they're very clever. The songs are incredible. And um, the playing of the rhythm section on this, it with Pete like kind of interspersed over it, on many of the songs is just so fucking good and lose voice is incredible. So I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to say that I like them both of those records better than the debut, but I like them just as much, which I think is a strong feat in this, in this, uh, in this world. So I wanted to just, you know, bring a few records to the fore Cause you know, I know we'll, we'll each want to bring up some others. So I don't want to just rattle on about a million. No, that's fair. I think going back to the clash and like seventies stuff, there's a lot there because if you have a sound that can kind of be on the radio and you're playing with melody, it's a lot easier to do multiple good records. Hardcore is a lot more narrow of a lane, which is why it's so notable when band's second LP is better. I think the sick of it all example is great. I think of the first three sick of it all LPs you could say are equally as great as one another. 
although they're all kind of different. The second and third being closer than either are to the first, though. But yeah, I, I mean, think, I think the thing about those is that they're all of the time, and that's a compliment. You know, like their their first three LPs came out when they came out, and they weren't like trying to do something. Uh, they weren't swinging for the fences in a different way. Like they, they were emblematic of when they came out in a good way. Yeah. Well, I, I also feel like all three records help define the time. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's yeah. funny, Zach, the, the, what you just said about how it's harder to do a follow-up album. If you're a full on straight up hardcore band, like that's literally in my notes. Like you just read off of my notes. Hey, minds, man. Yep. You know, um, yeah. So the number one we all know is the E-Town record. Second coming is better than time to shine time to shine. They lay down what would be to come. And on second coming, they perfect it. And, uh, I'll open this up to discussion. I'll just play. But, uh, the other one I wanted to bring up that I know you guys don't have on your list is the second fury of five record at war with the world is better than the first one. No reason to smile. No reason to smile is good, but at war with the world, 1998 victory records is better. Um, the other one that I think that you guys won't have on your list is the second lag wagon record. Trashed is better than duh. Um, <laughs> but, and that's, that's where I'll leave it. And I'll shoot it to you pops. Cool. Um, the first one I want to start off with is token entry Jaybird. I think, that record, it's so cohesive and every it, it just has an awesome flow. And I think Token Entry suffers from non-collector core vibes or something. And they get totally overlooked <laughs> for some reason. But I think that's just a great energetic record. And, you know, whatever. Aesthetically, it's the same kind of vibe. But I think, yeah, that record just, that's the Token Entry record to me. Um, the second one I'll go for is Swizz, Hell Yes, I Cheated. And I just think that record, if you listen to it on the discography, you're kind of missing out because that discography is really compressed in a bad way. If you listen to the vinyl, and I'm not being that guy, I'm not being the well-actually guy, but it, it's kind of like there's no re-recorded songs. It's Sean Brown's vocal delivery and the lyrics are just out there a little more. And then you get the little you get the damned cover, you get the fury song thrown in there. That's real random. So I think that's that, that to me is, is maybe it's the Swizz I was introduced to, but it's the one that really resonates with me. And then I think for number three, I think it's the, it's not necessarily hardcore, but hardcore adjacent or start off hardcore. It's maybe the, the most, um, important second record meet puppets Two, you know for the nirvana mm. you know you know nirvana covers on the unplugged but also i think it's very genre bending and interesting and it's it's just a great record i just got the repress and it, it sounds great on 45 it, and it's country it yeah I, I mean kind of it's just it's all the things I don't like and I like it. So that's, that's, what's really attractive to me about it. It's like, if you, if you described it to me, I'm like, yeah, that sucks. I would actually hate that. Me and, too. And then I just go through the whole thing and I love it. So. Well, um, never mind should count as the uh, sophomore 
killer record as well. Sure. Ag- agreed yeah. with that as well. It's a, it's a great podcast. classic. Yeah, it's a great classic rock record for sure. I agree with that. <laughs> it's, it's, the best, it's the best Boston record they never wrote. Um, and Boston Rules, the, the band. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, the city sucks. City sucks as someone <laughs> fr- from there. Yeah, it's trash. <laughs> and uh, I have an opinion on the sports teams. Go Lakers. Okay, I'm going to keep Go going. Clippers. <laughs> Um, I'm going to do a quick nod to Descendants. I don't want to grow up just because Milo was doing more songwriting. And then I'm going to dive in for the last two. So this might fall into hot take territory, but I think the first Decroitzen, the Decroitzen self-titled is awesome. I love it. I think it's more of like the context of where they came from. It was like, whoa, crazy, you know, right? Like Midwest, that's interesting. But if you look at the influence of October File, and you can hear you can hear echoes of October File and anything from 1.6 Band to Rorschach to Soundgarden have cited that album. I think that's an album worth going back to, and it's it's just so much more interesting when they started to spread their wings musically a little bit. And um, I, I just think you know, like uh, Thurston Moore's talked about that record. I'm not saying it's a better hardcore record. It's not, but they kind of did a bunch of interesting things and pushed, they pushed where they're from so well coming from a straightforward ripper of a hardcore record that's considered canon. And then I'm going to try to go fast. I don't want to talk too much, but I think again, not hardcore, but if you're looking at um, in the rev catalog right like the first into another's it's a very divisive record you love it you hate it it kind of sounds like a mixtape every song is kind of referencing something else and it's great for that it's challenging whatever if in that context you know of of buying every rev release and then everyone has to go whoa what's happening here but i think with ignorus they created who they were and it doesn't sound like anything. The recording is, is a little, uh, has less of the tropes of sort of like a heavy metal record or something. And it, it definitely laid the groundwork for what they're defined as. And I'm just going to rifle through some honorable mentions here. Um, it kind of building off that, I think sure to think second record 10 spot, right? Like that's a better record than curses far side rigged. That's, that's also sort of the record they're defined by. Again, it kind of, it, it moves past the, the eighties tropes, even though I know uh, Rochambeau wasn't recorded in the eighties, but it sounds very eighties. I'm going to say the second instead's better. Leatherface progressively better. Big boys, integrity systems overload, maybe better. That's a hot take. COC animosity, soul side trigger and larger discussion. This is just more of a personal one, but, um, I really do think Wig Out at Danko's is a superior record to Can I Say, only because it wasn't Minor Threat Part 2. It was its own thing. And I'm going to pass the mic now. The, the the mic that is boiling hot from a couple of those takes. Woo! That was a, that was a spicy take for Dag Nasty. My God, do I disagree. Ben, Although I off, do like Wig Out at Danko's. And back off the mic a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> 
I know. Hey, I know you fired, fired him up. <laughs> I know. I know you're excited off those takes, but uh. well, I'm I'm going to reference the uh, UFO thing. It's like, yeah, Ian could have come in and made that a great minor threat record. He couldn't have came in and sung on Wig Out, right? Like Wig Out has to be Peter. Therefore, it's it's unique to that band. That's uh, why. That's, that's why I think it's better. I think that's fair. Dan, jump in on this. Well, what's interesting is um, sometimes a tertiary record. uh, I know we're only doing sophomore, but like you mentioned systems perhaps being better than those who fear. I don't agree, but I do think humanity is, you know. Yeah, that's that's tough being a 10 inch. I, I wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Argu- arguably scratch the surface could be the winner out of the three and the sick of it all uh discussion as well this this but, is also a different discussion because then we're into the sophomore course, slump territory I, um, I know which is I was a whole different, it, it was an interesting point but one thing i did want to ask everyone if 13 songs is kind of not counted as an lp because it's like two eps like smashed together then um repeater is the sophomore lp that is better than steady diet for fugazi look we're recording at some point and this will come out at some point but just for my birthday can we have one podcast with no fugazi and no 1.5 good god man (laughs) (laughs) well is it your birthday today (laughs) no it's like six months from now january So we've got six months of punishing you till then. Yeah, I'll complicate it more. I think Steady Diet's better than Repeater, but that's a very low, uh, that's not even a hot take. That's just an Anthony take. Hey, uh, Posse Chris and and, uh, episode one, where are you at? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm done. I think that was uh, an interesting uh, deluge of of quality takes and then a few – uh, napalm ones. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna add a little statement to my integrity. Take is that prior to prior to systems, integrity was this sort of like this thing that only existed in the Cleveland area, like or whatever their tri-state area was, and then systems was them becoming a national band in a sense, even if they weren't touring more and you know being being on victory and not just having this random CD and it it felt like they had arrived a little more. So that felt like, I don't want to say, you know what I mean? Like they, they felt more substantial with that. Do I think it's a superior record? No, I'm going to backtrack on that, but I think it's a more substantial record. The the songs are better, but it it sounds better. The the record is meaty and thick and like, it's like a rad record where, the first LP, the songs are there, but the recording is weird and dated, and you like kind of love yeah. it in spite of that. I also went back and listened to both back to back, and it's harder. As much as I love those of you tomorrow, listening to it all the way through is exhausting, and that just might be the track listing. Whereas Systems maintains the energy a little more. I, I think yeah, this but- Systems could be accused of being a little long as well, though. But I don't. I don't know, Dan. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say those who fear it, it went worldwide, like whether it was from being dubbed for someone, you know, or it was also um, the Euro bootleg label made it go worldwide with basically having, you know, a lot of it on that hooked long stolen breath cunt thing, <laughs> uh, you know, um, 
But anyway, I, it's hard to to say that anything integrity up to seasons is bad. <laughs> Do you yeah. know? You know, um, but Dan, you're not off the hook yet. Let's talk about before I shoot this to Ben and then run off to the store real quick. Um, <laughs> the the second overminded body LP is better than the first. How about that? Yeah, it, miles better. It, yeah. it um, we definitely spent a lot of time putting it together. Um, a lot more. It still could have been edited down, though. Uh, I think that's something that will always you know there are a few perfect hardcore records from start to finish a lot of them could do with a little bit more editing but when you're in the moment you think everything is good and then when you reflect on it maybe two years later you're like oh yeah we could have left this one off or something well it's hard in the room to tell someone we're hacking your song that too yeah but but i i feel um I haven't listened to it in, you know, quite some time, but I'm highly confident that Sink or Swim is much better than Rusty Metals. Like Rusty Metals could have been a killer seven inch, <laughs> you know, if half the LP was gone, I think it could have been really good. But, um, but yeah, thanks for mentioning that because I, I feel the same way. All right. Um, ben, let's shoot this to you. And do you guys need anything from Target? <laughs> Take it over, man. Uh, so, um, all the stuff that it's already been mentioned that was also on my list was Unbroken Youth of Today, Refused in My Eyes, Shudder to Think, Far Side Instead. And then the stuff that got mentioned that would have been on my list had I even thought of these bands, because I totally agree, is Meat Puppets, Token Entry, Nirvana, and Into Another. Okay, now here's my list um, The Discharge, Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing which I always thought of as their first album, but I guess the, the record Y, uh, W H Y counts as an LP, at least according to Discogs. So if that counts as an LP, then hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing is a very great sophomore, uh, uh, record. Yeah. That's a weird, like eighties, 12 inch EP discussion, right? Yeah. Well, it's 10 songs. I know. I agree. I agree with you, man. I think that, if it can't fit on a seven inch, it's an LP. Well, I was yeah. going, I'm just going to say I, that was on my list, but due to my discogs gaffes, I just didn't <laughs> throw it on there. So thank you for, thank you You're for uh, it on that sword, my man. You're gun shot. Yeah. I mean, here, nothing is the best uh, record by discharge, any format. So, yeah. um, and then uh, naked ray gun, all rise, which is the follow up to throb throb. I think, um, all rise is the best naked rig on LP front to back. Cause they, they always manage to mix in like amazing anthemic, serious anthemic songs with like jokey songs that sometimes work and sometimes don't. And this has the best ratio of just great songs to like jokey, like not so great songs um, of any naked rig on record. Plus it has um, home of the brave, which is the first song on it, which is it's one of their best songs and then i have uh this is another weird one dri dealing with it dealing with it's the best dri record and you know we talked about dirty rotten ep was a like a 23 song seven inch and then it was reissued as a 
the same exact tracks on an LP as Dirty Rotten LP. So it's like, is that an EP or an LP? Well, whatever. Dealing with it is the best DRI record. And then I have, um, I have uh, Bad Religion into the Unknown. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just, just no selling by, that one, dude. By the way, that was not surprising. I'm just <laughs> adding that. No, I actually think it's just as good as the first album. Um, and then All has this album. So All had their first singer, Dave Smalley. He did All Roy Says, which is their first album, and then he did an EP after that, and then he left, and then they got Scott Reynolds. And I think Scott Reynolds is the best All singer. And All Roy's Revenge is probably the most consistent All record out of all of them. So. All Roy's Revenge by All, and then um, Billy Idol Rebel Yell, which is the follow-up to the self-titled Billy Idol album. So the self-titled Billy Idol album has like White Wedding on it and Hot in the City, and Rebel Yell obviously has Rebel Yell on it and Eyes Without a Face. I think Rebel Yell is more consistent. I know that he's like not taken seriously. He's kind of are a, you trolling, I, dude? What the fuck is this? No, no, I'm oh, I'm dead serious. Yeah, but I think talk Rebel about, Yell. Talk about rock and roll records then. What the fuck? Well, Billy Idol came from the punk scene, Generation X. Uh, Husker do everything falls apart. This is another weird one where it's like their first album is a live album. So does it does it count? But it is their first album, which is Land Speed record. So everything falls apart is their technically their first studio album, but it I think it's better. Um, and then Scared Straight. This is weird. They put out an album in the late eighties that's terrible. And actually, Scott Radinsky, if you go back and listen to that that uh, interview on 185 Miles South, I think he talks about how he didn't even know that Mystic was going to put it out. Like it came out, or it came out like years after it was recorded, and it's not very good. And then in the '90s, they put out another album just called Scared Straight, and that album is good. And then they changed their name to Ten Foot Pole, and they retitled that album Swill. And then 10 Foot Pole put out an album called Rev, which is better than that one. So if you think about it, that Scared Straight album from 93 that became 10 Foot Pole is a great sophomore album. And then the 10 Foot Pole album Rev from 94 is a great sophomore album as 10 Foot Pole. Um, if you follow me there. Okay, and a, f- a few more. I'm just going to rattle these off really quickly. Snapcase Progression Through Unlearning Battery Until the End. 108 Songs of Separation. Lifetime Hello Bastards. Avail, Dixie, Hot Water Music, Fuel for the Hate Game, uh, Sensefield Building, Beef Eater, House, House Burning Down, and Jawbox Novelty. That The battery one is a great one that I didn't think of. It is so much better. Yep. Yeah. Well, because they didn't write songs in the studio, so that's a way better record. Yeah. I, I love Until the End still. That's like yeah. one of those ones where I can't believe it's like a $100 record now. You know, and and that's one where generally, like, you know, when people re-release stuff, they do a good job. But Adam, I love you, but that Rev repress re-release was fucked. Like, just put out until the end. What the fuck? Oh, the best of. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, had it has one like new song on it, which I really think is good. But yeah, just we still want to hear the regular records it was weird it was a that was a bad re-release well to brian explained that he wanted to make like a linear journey through the band like he was trying to track list it as if it was an introduction to battery so that's cool 
that no, being yeah. said, <laughs> make him, he should just he, make himself a playlist then and put out the records of the fans. Yeah, exactly. That's a Spotify playlist. I feel you. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I, I think this is pretty great. Dan, Dan or pops, do you want to jump in on any of Ben's takes? Well, I, I agree with a lot of them and uh, yeah, I like the all takes a huge one and I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> no, the talking is good. Ben, anytime someone brings up 10 football rev, I'm stoked. That record it's is so, so good. So good. And, yeah, and I'm like, and I don't like a lot of that epitaph stuff in, in retrospect, there's not much of it. I mean, I like bad religion, but, and I like instead, but you know, like, I grew up in that era and I'm like the prime age for all that stuff. And like 10 foot pole rev hits in a way that, you know, no effects never did for me. And you name it, you go down the offspring never did for me, whatever, whatever else was on, um, you know, epitaph in 94. Well, they're not rocking the Mesa boogie, right? There's like almost no distortion on the guitars. It's really wild. It's like minor threat distortion on like new school punk. Which I never noticed until you pointed it out. Let me, uh, man. let me tell you an epitaph uh, release that is an absolute, with a bullet, better sophomore. Rancid, let's go. So much better Ooh. than the first one. And I love the first LP, but Rancid, let's go is f- so fucking good. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And I love yeah. the first one as well. Yeah. Well, I'm not a Rancid fan really at all, but there's one song on Let's Go I like, and there are no songs on, on um, the first one I like. So there, by by default, I agree with you. <laughs> I don't think you've probably listened to either of those records in 25 years. You would like it, Ben. It's like... Yeah. It no, I went good. back and I listened to Rancid fairly recently. Um, I, I was inspired from listening to this podcast, actually, to go back and listen to Rancid. Um, and I like the radio songs. I like the songs that K-Rock played, but not really anything else. <laughs> I mean, that, that's part of Rancid, right? It's like they, they do big, long records, have like lots of deep cuts, but their hits are hits. Yeah. I like uh, on Let's Go, uh, the ballad of Jimmy and Johnny about the, the Scar skinhead versus the, the punk skinhead. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy, this is Scar and John likes Last Resort. Yeah, it's a, it. It, it's a cool thing, like uh, just explaining like two values of trad skins to probably punks who never knew anything and thought that skinhead meant racist, you know? Yeah, I also think the Pops instead take is good. I think the second instead LP is better than the first. I, I do th- don't agree, but I like both. Okay, but I do think that the seven inch sandwiched in the middle is the best and maybe yeah. that would be another topic like what bands have the best l earth like ep between records yeah. what's no? the best bridged between the lps uh bridge records dude i like it let's do it another time well Going- speaking speaking of a bridge i'm gonna go to something that ben brought up with billy idol right eyes oh. without a face the middle of that song is one of the weirdest things the song just goes into this weird part where he's on a bus in a psychedelic trip, reading murder books, trying to stay hip. It is so fucking for a pop song. Like that was a huge song. All of a sudden in the middle, it almost goes into a mosh part. And the dude just starts talking about turning holy water into wine. That's an amazing tune. 
hanging out by the state line. Yeah, it's such a fucking weird song. I'm going to start singing Santa Maria to even this out. Zach, what aisle are you in right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm back, man. Self-checkout. You know, Um, the robots are taking over. Before before we end this, I wanted to touch on the clash because this is fucking crazy. Like, um, give them give them enough rope is considered a sophomore slump for yep. the clash because because the one before it is a self titled one and the one after it's London Calling. Yep, and like that's got to be the best. And I agree that I agree with the common consensus that that is a less good album than the one before it and the one after it. The Clash is so fucking good that a, that an album that good can be a sophomore. Like, that's got to be the best sophomore slump ever. Like, that's got to be the best album that is still a sophomore slump. Track one's like one of their best. The 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 key change in Safe European Home is psychotic. Yeah. Like, you hear that? Like, how are you in a bad mood? You cannot be in a bad mood when you hear that song. For sure. And then think about at the very end where he's doing the Rudy Can't Fail part while... Mm-hmm. Mick Jones is doing the save your you know that part. Oh diddly, 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 diddly. I love it. Um the there is an element of like well-traveled roads like you know the clash and stuff. So if you've listened to self-titled and London Calling a trillion times and you've only listened to Give Him Enough Rope a million times you f- start finding things a little bit more. So yeah, maybe, um, you know, <laughs> academically it is not as good a record as either side of it. It's bookends, but there's something about digging deeper into it and, and finding new stuff every time where as you can, you could sing karaoke self-titled from start to finish now, you know? Right. The Sandinista effect. Well, and, yeah, I'm, I'm not going that far. <laughs> right. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think is a better second record than the first one on the Instagrams. What's up? The fight lasts for hours. Each ram battering the other dozens of times. Head to head. All right, we're going head to head of two banger late 1980s hardcore seven inches. We're going to put the Wide Awake Connecticut hardcore seven inch 1988 Schism Records up against Instead, the Will Make a Difference seven inch, which is 1989 Nemesis Records number four. Shout out Big Frank. And Ben, how do you feel about this matchup? That's interesting um, because Wide Awake is Schism Records number four. I I didn't make that connection when doing my research. Um, a good matchup because you know uh, if you were if you're into this kind of music, you're probably familiar with both these bands. They're very youth crew, they kind of in the same lane, same era. One West Coast, one East Coast, but it kind of doesn't. I don't think that really factors into it very much. Um, there's, I, I think of it this way. There's no reason I should like the Wide Awake record more than the Instead record because Instead has a way better drummer. And I'm not saying just saying that because he's, he's a, a friend, but he is a way better drummer. They also have a way better record cover 
and a song with a vegetarian message. And Wide Awake can barely play. They have a cartoon guy jumping in front of an X. Uh, and what is wrong with that? And <laughs> yeah, is is the one? I can tell you why. I can tell you why. What's wrong with that? He looks like he's sitting on a couch. He doesn't look true. like he's jumping. It's <laughs> terrible. It's one of the most terrible things I've ever seen in my life. I think but, it's one of the greatest. He's wearing Air Jordan ones. I think that he's at the start of a backflip. <laughs> I think they said long. like. Sit on the couch, let me draw you. Because the one where it's like his hat is floating, that's way more magic, you know? Like the photo, that's insane. I, I yeah, that's, that, that, is kind of, that is kind of obscene. Because the photo on the back cover is ill. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. But I do like the, as the one guy that's never been straight edge on this uh, segment, I love this album cover. <laughs> I think it's so rad. Me okay. too. And keep going. Oh, I was going to say that um, I I enjoy the Wide Awake, Wide Awake record more despite all these things. Um, Last Straw is epic in the truest sense of the wor- word, and the truest sense of the word is a very great or large and usually difficult or impressive. That is the definition of epic, and it's I think a, Last Straw is. It's a motherfucking opus, dude. <laughs> It's an opus of like youth crew kids who can barely play and like got into hardcore like a year before this record was recorded, maybe two. Like it, it's amazing. Like how did that happen? Like th- they pulled it together. That um, is, that's a weed smoking jam song, dude. <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans on on Last Straw because that's a fucking jam song. Yeah, and then the truth rules too. The first two songs are just like, God damn, this shit is good. And it's great in a way that Side by Side is great, although Side by Side is a better band. And and um, but it's really in that even within Youth Crew, it's in that very specific lane of like, you know, almost like there's this dark vibe to it and it's a guy who's just totally enraged by things he sees around him and i'm sure you know most of these bands picked up their instruments because they saw youth of today play which is great but it's interesting how some of them arrived at very similar sounds but i i i love the instead record but wide awake i i i go to it more often so i can't say i like the instead record more i'm gonna have to go wide awake Anthony Papalardo, let's go to you. Oh, I'd love to jump in. Okay. First of all, that Wide Awake, Wide Awake record is awesome. Hold true. That's like an emotional mosh. It's great. That being said, that instead record, I think, is their best. The drums are the drum recording, how the drums sound is not representational of like how great of a drummer Steve is. But I think as a band, dude, the shit starts with there's nothing like it. Like the whole thing is a declaration of how cool Instead is. And I'll I'll also go that like Instead is known as like the most positive band. Like um, when I was in high school, my friend went and he hung out with Kevin Hernandez and he was like, this dude's not real. Like he came back and I was like, what? You hung out with that dude? He's like we were in Southern California and it rained that day. And Kevin said, that's all right, man. 
it'll be it'll be nice tomorrow. And, <laughs> and he was like, this dude's not fucking real, dude. And he was like, he came back and like kind of blessed us with like how cool instead was like that we we already thought they were cool, but we were like, whoa. But I love this record's like confrontational, like feel their pain. I'm going to call it it's better, better song than, uh, than youth of today. Right. Like then no more, like, cause yeah. I, I mean, I homie, like it's confrontational. I mean, dude, the first, again, I'm going to go back to that first line logic, take your place to the table. You don't give a damn. Right. That's sick. That's fucking sick. The record is just, I don't know, get the most, I will try. But I think like starting the record off, there's nothing like it. Like you're basically saying like the feeling, like think about this, like being a little kid, getting a record, paying three bucks, you go home, you put it on the turntable. And then like, this is what these fools are telling you. Oh, you like this shit? There's nothing like it. That's a declaration that is so powerful. And it's like so it's so empowering. You're like, yeah, this is what I love. There's nothing like it. It doesn't matter if it's like the illest recording. It doesn't matter if it's um, the most powerful record. Being a kid who had only heard like Bonds of Friendship, which I thought was cool. And then I get this thing and I put it on my turntable and I'm just like, yeah, actually I'm not flipping this. I'm going to listen to it a couple more times before I even flip it. Cause I'm so stoked. That, I don't know. I can't like no disrespect to schism records and wide awake and like homie who like thinks he's like Jacob Pistorius, like he's shredding on the bass. That being said, like that instead record is fucking amazing. I love it. And then you end with like, Oh, little fun one. So, uh, you know, last track will make the difference, right? Chris Patterson, who was in tenure fight, he had this band that was a, a joke band. They recorded a demo. There was like an anti uh, earth crisis band. They were called lactose intolerance and their demos, <laughs> their demo was called we'll make the dinner. It was, you know, like it was ridiculous. It was terrible, but I thought that was funny and whatever. And like, I don't know. I don't have another analog for like, no one actually, did anything like aping wide awake no disrespect wide awake seven is awesome but that instead record i just i love it and i think you know feel their pain is one of the most it's called feel their pain you know like uh i'm 46 years old i've eaten the animals since i was 15 years old and i don't know that's like a big one for me so i don't know i, I love that record and yeah. the cover is awesome yeah, the title "Feel Feel Their Pain" is visceral. Daniel, let's go to you. Um, I love the Instead Seven Inch, uh, especially you know we're talking about the the final song. It is a perfect call and response hardcore anthem. You know, uh, it it's brimming with positivity, which there isn't enough positivity in the world still. And I love when bands do it. And, you know, like your story of, of, of your friend meeting Kevin and, and experiencing uh, life with him. 
like those are the kind of people that you know they pull the rest of us up when we have these dark days you know and uh instead has always been a band that has done that and i really love them but i'm going wide awake because when shit goes down no one's around just you and it like it is so overtly worshipping something from like you say 2 years before and doing it in in such a unself-aware love affair with it that it it gets me it gets me deeply on my insides like i love how it is a love letter to youth crew while also being part of the canon it is just perfectly structured songs for um the genre of music that i truly love and yeah it may sound a little amateurish but if it w- if it sounded perfect it, it wouldn't be as good um i really fucking love it i love insight i love both songs on side a i love that there are air jordans on the cover perfectly drawn while the rest of the body is not uh so they knew what was important <laughs> Um, I love the fact that Wall of Death gets mentioned. <laughs> like, it's just, it's fucking brilliant. I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite seven inches I own. Um, it's one that I, I would have to have if I loved this genre and I didn't have it, but I already do have it. Now, you know, if if that if the instead seven inch was on Schism and they had a cover with uh the only person on the cover was Bratton. Would you change your opinion? No, it, because <laughs> the, the, the thing, <laughs> the thing with the, um, instead it, it's so real that it couldn't have this overt level of, of silly. It, it's not silly. It's, um, innocence, <laughs> even though, uh, instead is so positive and so amazing and, and, everything is right about it. It doesn't have this childlike innocence that wide awake has. And I really tap into that. I really enjoy it for what it is. And I just love that, that song starting with just a kick drum, you know, insight, like when shit goes down, it just, it's so atmospheric and so of this era, it couldn't, I mean, if some band did it now, I'd probably be like, Oh, but that's pretty cool because it's, you know, like this, but coming from this time period, it it's just perfect. I love it. Yeah, there is an innocence to the wide awake seven inch. Um, because in instead is already self-aware on the seven inch. You know, it's their second record. Yeah. You know, Bonds of Friendship came first because like I will make the difference. Like I love this is one of my favorite lyrics of all time. What they will say is just another unity song. We say the more the better to us, they are wrong. You know, yeah. I love it. And yeah. they're saying like, oh, you're going to call us out on this song and think it's cheesy, but fuck you. Like mm-hmm. this is hardcore. Like this seven inch is straight up perfect hardcore. And Anthony did a really good job of explaining like, there's nothing super perfect on this record, except that the whole record is fucking perfect. Right? Like, what oozes out of it is so good. Like side A is rad 
and Anthony said the reasons why. Beside B, those three songs back to back are out of this world. You know, Feel Their Pain, perfect song, great vegetarian song. And then, you know, not only into the lyrics, but the song is so catchy. You know, like the chord progression on the breakdown is so catchy. You know, like, oh my God. So it's um, it's almost like bold, like yeah, like it's very similar to bold, but it's like the delivery is so like it's just so genuine, dude. Please, oh, please, please, please. Like, yeah. how are you? How are you not looking at your fucking pup after that and being like, I'm sorry, little man. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like I'll never do it again, dude. Like that's I don't know. That record's so sick to me. I also yeah, like to point out the fact that uh, always try has. Sorry, not always try. See, you got me on bold. The, the fucking song. Ben, ben, for, ben, ben forgot that he got a segment. It's my turn, fool. Okay, I Will Try is so ill. Like, it might be the best song on the record, but it's just like sandwiched by, between these two tent poles, which are Feel Their Pain and Will Make the Difference. Like, it is such a straightforward, hardcore rager. And like the cutouts with like, this is where Steve's drumming does shine through. Like his drumming on the cutouts is sick, you know, and the lyrics is I've talked before on the pod a million times. I'm sure is when bands can pull off simplicity and walk the line up to like the cheese, but not like fall into the dip. You know what I mean? Like you say, I won't, I say, I will, you say, I can't, I I say, I will try. You know what I mean? Like if it wasn't instead delivering it, it would be cheesy, but it's instead, and it's on this song, 1989 on Nemesis Records. Like, it is so sick because of who they are, right? We'll make what the difference. They, what if they double dip? <laughs> They're double dipping. That's against the rules. <laughs> there you go. Not, <laughs> did, did they not on the next record talk about, like, I'm not condemning those who play metal wrists or write <laughs> lyrics who don't make any sense? Instead, instead we'll is the same. same. As before, as cool. long as we're together and putting and out putting out core. core. I mean, any other band does that. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. It, like probably in my entire life. Instead, <laughs> does it? I'm like, that's fucking sick, dude. That's, that's my dad's favorite from. lyric ever. Is putting out core. <laughs> he always yeah. talks about that. It's one of my favorite instead songs. Like because only they can do it. You know what I mean? Oh, like it's so ill. No one else could do it. No one else could do it. No. Can we? Can we at least talk about? Um, the wide awake drummer who but can I at least just look. finish my part? God damn it. <laughs> All right. So the third song on side B will make the difference. It is like the ultimate song, right? Like, like I said before about the unity line, but it's so ill. And like, before I mentioned on uh, the agnostic front song that goes fucking three times on the breakdown before the scene comes in, Blind they Joseph. do it. They, what's that? On blind justice, right? Yeah. Yeah, they they do it here on the verse, which is the sing-along. Like, they do the will make the difference thing three times before they change to, like, that lyric that I was talking about. And it makes no fucking sense, except that they were in the room, and they're like, this feels too good. This is going to stir the crowd up perfectly. Let's just do it one more time. And they did it, and it goes three times, and it's the illest thing in the world. Only instead can pull it off. This seven-inch is so perfect. And I love bonds of friendship. 
and I love the last record, but this is the magic of instead. And if you've written off this band, I would just say, listen to the seven inch by itself. It's only five songs. It is so good. And I think it'll grab you. You know, I know it's hard to like attack a full catalog. If you're not into something like two LPs and a seven inch and, you know, logic would lead you to an LP. Cause that's generally when bands do their timeless material, but this seven inch is sandwiched between the two LPs and it's where you got to go. You'll actually, fall in love and, and I'll, well, I'll shoot it off to Ben and Dan to finish I, my segment. I actually don't think that hardcore bands, most timeless material is usually on an LP. I think seven inch EP is like the ideal format for hardcore. Am I right? Yeah. You, you, yeah. You mm. could possibly be right, but most bands also do. I'm going to say right. no. Okay. Agnostic Front, no. Youth of Today, no. SSD, never had a 7-inch. DOS, never had a 7-inch. Like, I, do, I actually don't think so. Like, I think the LP is the proving ground. Like, you got to show up. Like, show us what you got, G. Right, yeah. that's fair. And it, it, but, Ben, you're, you're, you bring a valid point. In hardcore, like, a lot of bands, their best material was a 7-inch. But think about, like, just the way this happens, right? From LP to 7-inch to another LP. If you're looking at the catalog, you wouldn't think that the seven inch in between is going to be the magic. You would think, right. like, oh, that's a single or that's a primer for the next LP, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to say about um, I Will Try is that it's the red tape of Youth Crew. Oh, wow. I rate. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that. But you know what? There was a way better point after I was done. <laughs> You're not done. You said you'll kick it off to Ben and Dan. No, I know. I'm saying it was a great point for you to bring up right now. I love oh, it. I see. I see. Yeah, I okay. It. I didn't like it in the middle. The other thing is on Wide Awake, does he go, grow up, kid? Does he actually say kid? <laughs> yeah. That's dope. That's it. Wide Awake. That's okay. totally my answer because he says, grow up, kid. I love it when they go, kid. That's so New York. There's so much good stuff on the Wide Awake thing. and I, I, I know they're from Connecticut. I think Dan tapped into it a bit, like the youthful innocence. And it does feel like it's going to fall apart and it doesn't. And it's very simple, but also like we talked about on the first song, like they wrote a fucking opus. So I don't know. It's kind of a mind blowing seven inch in a lot of awesome ways, but this instead seven inch is one of my favorites of all time. It hits me right in my sweet spot. I'm going instead all day, much respect to wide awake and much respect to Connecticut, Death Threat, and Hatebreed. I love those bands. But uh, yeah, Daniel, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, if anyone has the Wide Awake 7-inch and they look at the photos, the drummer looks like he, of the time, is Sammy's son. <laughs> so Sammy was probably like 14 <laughs> at the time. This drummer looks like he's Sammy's son. <laughs> like a one-year-old on drums. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great point to bring up in the middle of my spiel I, and how much feel their pain means to me. <laughs> I thought you were done because you were repeating lines that you've repeated on the pod 17 times. <laughs> fair, fair. Oh, also, um, the Wide Awake 7-inch was pressed as a 3-inch CD. Remember those? Oh, was that a Lost and Found thing? Yeah, yeah I had it. Oh, yes, yeah, it sure. was. I have it. You needed that, like you needed that CD player that had the little bay in the middle to play it. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. insane, dude. I had that thing. Awesome, I had it too. It also worked on Discman's. 
Right, because anything you have the thing in the middle that you press the CD into. Hey, listen, like we're trying to like argue styles of pizza here. It's all pizza. It's fucking awesome, right? Like that being said, if I have to pick the pizza I want for the rest of my life, I'm going with the instead seven inch. And and Connecticut's known for its pizza, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Frank Pepe, dude. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I just it, think that we should. Uh, hey, Stu, how do you feel about this one? I just think VD rules, dude. Ah, that's a good point. <laughs> you fucking did it. That's another great wide awake moment. You fucking did it. <laughs> oh, that God. All right. So this one's split. Everyone, both these records rule. They're both on Discogs. Or excuse me, they're both on Spotify. I'll link them up in the uh in the playlist for the episode. And uh that's that. All right, one's got to go. This came to us from the mighty, mighty Rob Moran. And so these are four records that are absolutely amazing, but we got to toss one of them. And this one is hard. You know, of course it's hard. Rob chose four great records. It is Black Flag Damaged. It is the Adolescence Self-Titled, a.k.a. the Blue LP, TSOL, Dance With Me, and Circle Jerks, Group Sex. Dan, take it away. Well, first and foremost, shout out to Swamp Thing for giving us this uh, listing. (laughs) Rude, rude. (laughs) But, okay, I will tell you what mine is, and then I will tell you what I I just assume what Rob's would be, and then he can confirm in the comments and tell me I'm an idiot. Um, For me, I have to keep Adolescence Blue LP first and foremost. And then Circle Jerks, Group Sex. Then it comes down to those two, Black Flag, Damaged versus TSOL, Dance With Me. And I have to to think that Damage just, just pushes Dance With Me out. it's a real. I mean, these <laughs> one's got to go is is a torturous uh, thing, and you know, thanks Anthony for bringing this up because every time I feel like my core credentials are going to be pulled every time I try and get rid of one of these. That's how why they hurt so bad. But I'm gonna just go off the strength of of what I've listened to more consistently over time, and I'm gonna keep. Black Flag Damaged just by a hair, and I am going to let TSOL dance with me go. And I tell you, if Rob was picking, I think Black Flag Damaged would be given the boot and he would keep the other three. Yeah, this one is hard. I can't lose Circle Jerks in Adolescence for sure. Like, yeah. oh my God, those records get out of here all four of these right that's why the the struggle is real on this um i gotta keep the tsol because that record is so rad and of these four i probably listen to it now more than any of the four um just because it rules yeah it's so unique they're oh this this record is so unique and cool and 
it just fits into like lots of different vibes. Like if I'm home and I'm doing stuff, I like to listen to it from my car. I like to listen to it If I'm working. I like to listen to it. Like, I don't know. It just slides in everywhere. Like regardless of mood or location, it's, it's just a near perfect record. And the black flag stuff, a lot of the songs appear on other records and Rollins is probably my least favorite singer, including Mike Valley. Um, no, that's Mike Valley, dude, by the way. Oh, my bad. Mike V. <laughs> Shout out. Um, Indecision Family, Mike V and the Rats. What's up? Don't have you and one friend get beat up by him. Hey. I don't know. <laughs> no, it'd be me and two friends, right? He took on it was it was three or four guys. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I'm I guess I gotta lose Black Flag Damaged, which hurts because that record is like a nine point five out of ten. Good God. Thanks, Rob. Uh, much appreciated pops take it away for sure this is again it's like uh this is almost biblical like you it's like a bible verse you're like which son do you want to kill like that's how hard this is for me yeah that being said i'm just going to cut to the chase tsol dance with me that's the one that's going and the reason why is that i had to like i had to come up with a construct of like why am I canceling one of these? Ron Emery, great guitar player. Not the dude, right? Like not the dude, like Greg Ginn, like is Greg Ginn one of the best guitar players ever? Yeah. Rick Agnew, one of the best guitar players ever. Circle jerks, right? Like that. It's, it's almost a vibe, right? Like the, they kind of made up everything. Like it's not just Greg Hetson. It's just the whole vibe. I love TSOL. Dude, I love them, but they got to go on that one. So it's, it's just like the musical imprint. Like could music go on without TSOL? Yeah, for sure. Could music go on without any of these other three? No, I don't think so. So that's where I'm going. Ben, set these foods straight. Take it away. Could the Offspring sell 11 million albums without TSOL? Nah. Although yeah, I'm going to say yes, dude. Like Noodles can do it, dude. Are you are you are you saying Noodles is not that good? That oh, I'm Pops saying brings up, Pops brings up a great point. Put your faith in Noodles, man. Well, they jacked a lot of their shit from TSOL. That's all I'm getting at. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I Here's think, another question, Ben. If if Noodles and Smelly were together on Smash, would they have sold 12 million records? It's possible because NoFX has probably sold a million records combined by, at this point. Um, so yeah, sure. I don't even know the name of Offspring's drummer at the time. Do you? What if Squirrel was the roadie? Would they have sold <laughs> a million shirts? I wish Squirrel were the singer. Um. But uh, this one was easy for me, and Zach took the thought, the thoughts right out of my brain when he said that Black Flag Damaged, you have all, not every song, but uh, probably more than half of these songs were recorded before this with better singers. Um, you know, uh, Police Story, I think maybe all four singers sang that one, Gimme, 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 Depression, Damaged One, Damaged Two. Like, you have like if this re- album was erased from history, 
you'd really only lose like a handful of songs. Like you'd still have, and you'd also have the seven inch version of TV party uh, that was done after this, where they changed the, the, maybe they, did they update the, um, the TV shows they mentioned? They might've done that. I should listen to them back to back, but, but you're not really, you're not really damaging history. You know, the butterfly effect, you step on a butterfly, you know, uh, and then a hundred years from now, everyone, or a million years from now, everyone has three eyes. Like, <laughs> you know that's, what I'm talking That's not the thing. Okay, pun okay. intended. If you damage history, if you take Rollins out of Black Flag, you don't have Black Flag. Oh, but what I'm saying is. Who tore? Not- did, did Chavo tour? No, what? Well, um Descadina did tour, but I'm saying Rollins is well, still in Black Flag. Well, they got to Henry. Rollins yeah, he, he toured for like five people, dude. Like who toured to more people, dude? Like that's the dude. Oh no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is like everything else stays intact. So you know, they did a seven inch the lick it's called the licorice pizza seven inch, or no, it's called the is that what it's called? They did a seven inch that has life life of pain on it like that year, like that stuff still exists in this alternate universe where you erase damage from history. Like, so you, you still have Rollins doing the TV party seven inch in 82 or whatever. Like it doesn't change that much. If you just got rid of this one album, whereas no one's touching that adolescence TSOL or the circle jerks. Like that would, fu- that would fuck up. Dude, those if TSOL goes away, no one gives a shit. Let's be real. Well, no one gives a fuck. No well, one cares. I, well, I do because I love TSOL. And I know, I, but yeah, but you're a fan. But like, does it alter music history? No, no one cares. No one uh, on earth cares. Well, no, I That's mean, not true. The the okay, five people care. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, not that many people care. Okay, if, you, if, I, if there's no TSOL, um, is this does the 1.5 article ever get written? Yeah, because you still have adolescence and germs. <laughs> Well, I think Ben's tie-in to the offspring is is great, right? I mean, if you're looking at like the punk explosion in the early '90s, like that is pretty key. And what are the offspring's influences? Yeah, and I I hear a little bit of TSOL even in the very early Pennywise recordings. Oh, and these I, are all awesome things that I think should exist. Um, this is a great argument. Well, I would I would should, say that- should all these bad things exist? Without them, yeah, that's a great argument. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, I would also say that uh, Offspring is equally as influenced by the Blue LP as they are Dance With Me. I think that's fair, but I don't well, I don't think you can tie a direct correlation. I think it is a mashup of the two. Well, also, like, the, the main part of this exercise is you're, you're basically getting, you're saying which one is your least favorite out of these four records. So yeah, yeah. my least favorite out of these four records is Black Flag Damaged. Like, that's that's what we're doing here, right? Or are we only talking about like what changes the most historically if something gets eliminated from history? No, I don't it, know. it, it is that pass. torturous Bible thing that Anthony was talking about. It's like which kid are you going to kill? Yeah, because um, yeah. that's why that's why it, it gets. I won't say heated. We're not heated, but it, why it gets a little energized is because. Yeah, all four are fucking awesome. Well, TSOL to me, that record is in that category of so good it's not fair. Like, like, oh my god! Like, if I ever made a record that good, I could die happy. Like, okay, well, and it oh, won't that, happen. 
that's a record of like, how did you do this? That yeah. comes into that category. All four of these, like, how did you do this? Yeah, yeah, but Black Flag, it's they're re-recording. The thing is, the problem is the genie is out of the bottle once you have everything went black coming out the next year because then you hear all these other dudes doing these songs and like I but personally I prefer those guys over right, over this. but I personally don't think they're better. I think like I do. I think like to jump into <laughs> that band, to be into that band, and actually be like. I have to be the dude who's getting spit at and getting shit thrown at me. And like, people hate me and I have to be the, I have to be the front man of black flag. That's kind of, I don't know. I think there's a pretty big boots to fill. I think that dude did it pretty perfectly. Does punk change without damage? Kind of. Yeah. Does punk change without TSOL? No, I don't think no. Like, well, it, you gotta, you have to cite to me what what's happening that's cool. That's cool, not fucking the offspring. What <laughs> happens without TSOL? That like, oh, I need that. You know what? My, you know TSOL might there might be an element of them pushing uh, LA and OC punk into a into a death rock gothy kind of direction yeah, I, I was gonna say christian death might not happen without tso yeah but i'm not yeah sure, but that's but at, that's an adolescence bleed you know what i mean like of course i know it's rick agnew uh, meeting up with with those dudes in la but i'm saying like without seeing that level of of taking on that kind of like <laughs> i don't know um almost cosplay <laughs> to an extent. Do you know what I mean? Like riling up the crowd with, with tough, effeminate action. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it, it there's something there that I think the West coast will be off. fine without like TSOL. I don't think it's a problem. I think I it will keep, I think it will keep going in their moves. You know I mean, I mean? know I knew TSOL was going to be the loser when I saw this list. Like, it's not though, Ben. We're it's tied. Not. We're tied. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Then I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just want to jump in and say that Dance of Me comes out in '81. Only Theater of Pain by Christian Death is '82. So it it is Agnew probably getting influenced by this TSOL record, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, we should well, have asked him. I don't know. We should have asked him. But, but, but I mean, away from the LP, I mean, the LP is what we're discussing, but away from that, just Grisham in general is a massive influence in in that kind of dandy world. Is he more influential than Henry Rollins? I would say no. I would agree with you, Pops. On yeah, that. yeah. I'm I just agree. putting that out there. They no, didn't tour I, as much. They're not as big of an impact on the East Coast. Um, the East Coast <laughs> never liked TSOL. I'm not sure why, because I love them. But then again, I'm oh, from they're LA. Great. They're great. Yeah. They weren't featured on ESPN like all West Coast acts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean. One, one thing I will say is, let me ask the three of you this. Okay, we're, we're, we've already chosen the one that's got to go. What is the, if if this was, we have all four and you can only keep one, what are you keeping? Adolescence. All day, all day, same. All day, same. But yeah. although it's close, it's close with group sex, but it is adolescence for me as well. Yeah. Wow. We all agree on that. I'm actually that's pretty amazing. Is yeah. 
And I'm with you on the number two as well, Dan. And the adolescence is by a hair, but good God, can you live without that record? No, no. Reason being as the only East coast guy, that was my impression of the West coast. And then I went there and I was like, dude, that's exactly what it is. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I understood the West coast because I knew that record. And that is descendants too. I bet. Kind of, but like adolescence, dude, kids of the black hole. It's like one of the best songs in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like, that's an example of like, when we talk about on the pod, we're like punk needs to be on the same level as all forms of music because a song like that is as good as the Beatles. It's as good as Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You're right. right. It's great for a punk song. It's like, no, go fuck yourself. This is one of the greatest songs in the history of music. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kids of the Black Hole is canon. Like, it's like, dude, what's the West Coast? That song. And then you go out there and you're like, that's that song. Like, it's that cool. It's that fucking cool. That's why we talked about, we asked Rick, like, explain exactly how you wrote that one song when we interviewed him for. Yeah, that's 185 miles. That interview rules. (laughs) Yeah, it's comically in the fishbowl. I really enjoyed it too that interview i thought it was awesome well all props to rick and ben for that one respect and also props to rick for shutting down ben occasionally which was which was somewhat entertaining as well oh yeah does that make sense (laughs) to you man (laughs) that was such a great line (laughs) well then roll with it and if people don't like it they can go do something else (laughs) i love it all right right on that's our choices